Welcome back to Love Letters and Mixtapes. I am so glad you're here. This podcast explores all the things that our younger selves needed to hear, whether that was 30 years ago, 3 years ago, or yesterday. After listening to this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. You can rate and review this episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sponsoring this podcast with a one-time donation or a monthly donation by clicking the link in my Instagram bio at Love Letters and Mixtapes or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. Earlier this week, I wasn't feeling that great about life, and I decided to watch a film called Elizabeth Town. And to be fair, I have to say that I rewatched it because I've actually seen it a ton of times over the years. It's one of those sort of feel-good Cameron Crowe movies that sometimes just lands perfectly, especially if you're feeling a little run over by your life. But what I love most about the movie is that it starts off with someone reaching the type of success that they could have never dreamed of, never in a million years, only to instantly experience this abysmal, life-altering, catastrophic failure. And then a few other losses that are strung together right after that. You know, there's this massive career failure followed by a relationship failure followed by a death in their family. And it just feels like their world is collapsing. And the rest of the film is all about coming to terms with who we are at our core, even when everything else, every identity that we've gathered through our lives is stripped away from us. And the film is all about answering those difficult questions like, can we look at ourselves? Can we really see ourselves? Do we know who we are and what we want? Can we stand to be around ourselves? Can we only accept ourselves during moments of success? Can we accept our life on life's terms? Do we feel unworthy of other people or of incredible opportunities? Do we self-sabotage when we experience acceptance and love and encouragement from others. And so I watched that movie. I wasn't feeling that great. And it absolutely inspired me to want to talk about something that I thought was pretty relevant for many of us. And that is navigating real life experiences of failure while struggling with imposter syndrome. So if you listen to this podcast pretty regularly, you know that I do talk about imposter syndrome but you can actually go back and listen to episode 16, which is titled, What is Imposter Syndrome and How Does It Show Up in Our Lives? And I really broke it down and just sort of explored the history of it, how it shows up in our lives, and maybe some things we can do to cope with it. And so the general theory behind imposter syndrome is that it's loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. Imposter syndrome involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite education, validation, experience, and accomplishments. And people who struggle with imposter syndrome deal with an almost constant fear of being exposed 
and of feeling as if they must have tricked everyone into thinking that they were more competent or skilled than they actually are. So you can imagine the amount of anxiety that someone who has imposter syndrome is dealing with on a daily basis and how it shows up in every area of our lives. So we can say, oh, I have imposter syndrome associated with my work. But how does that show up in our interpersonal relationships? How does that show up in our romantic partnerships? If I consistently believe that I'm unworthy in the workplace, despite all evidence to the contrary, don't you think I'll bring some of that into my personal relationships? And when we're talking about imposter syndrome, it can pretty much be summed up in this phrase. I am so afraid that I'll be found out and I don't even know what I did. So that really reminds us that in so many ways, these thoughts that come up around imposter syndrome are not based on our current reality. It might be based on something in the past. It might be based on our emotions. It might be based on distorted perception, feelings of low self-esteem and low self-worth. But whatever it is, it's pretty powerful because that voice can be really loud. And if you deal with it every day, you get really familiar with it and it almost becomes muscle memory. Now, when most people discuss imposter syndrome, they approach it from the position that this self-perception is completely distorted, that no one thinks this way about them, that they are perfectly capable of whatever is being asked of them, and that they've earned their position or the accolades that go along with it. But the point of this podcast is, what happens when we do fail? What happens when we do lose our job? or we get demoted, or we don't get that promotion? What happens when the person we want to be in a relationship with doesn't feel the same way about us? What happens when we self-sabotage in relationships and we create our own self-fulfilling prophecy by pushing someone away before they can leave us? Or when we're in a relationship and we're feeling insecure and unworthy and something happens, real life happens. Either there's a disagreement or we make a mistake or our partner makes a mistake or they want to be on a break or they meet someone else. What happens when there's a divorce or infidelity? What happens when our bodies fail us? Either we get sick or we're diagnosed with something really scary and our lives change overnight because of something completely out of our control. And that's the worst thing that could happen, right? It's the thing that we feared all along, and it finally happens. And I mention all of these things because they all have something in common. They're just a part of the human experience. This is life. This is real life where things happen despite our best efforts despite our positive mental attitude, despite what we want for ourselves or what we think we deserved or what we worked hard for. Life happens on life's terms. But where does that leave us, especially if we're already approaching life from a position of low self-confidence, low self-esteem, and imposter syndrome? Where does that take us mentally and emotionally when we have spent almost our entire lives feeling as if we're being chased by impending failure. You know, feeling like we've been hunted by some grand reveal by an I gotcha God just waiting to punish and humiliate us for 
our hubris, or simply our happiness? How do we cope with real-life failures when we already struggle with low self-esteem, lack of confidence, or imposter syndrome? How do we rewind that tape in our heads that's been constantly searching for proof of our shortcomings, unworthiness, and inevitable failure? How do we release our grip once it finally has that proof that it's been searching for this whole time? How do we bring ourselves back to center? And I'm sure that this can be perceived as negative, right? I'm sure somebody can hear me talking about this and say, oh, don't do that. You always have to hope for the best. But my experience is that, you know, if you're trying in life, if you're actually existing in the stream of life, there is some inevitable failure because you're reaching and you're trying and you're doing and you're in the middle of it. And not everything is meant for us. We don't get everything we want. Sometimes we just get what we need or what we need is drastically different than what we imagine is meant for us. And so those experiences don't pass us by because we've ignored them. Obviously, we shouldn't be searching for them, but I think the practice of being gentle with ourselves and accepting our humanity when those things do happen is really important. And that's the whole point of this episode. It's how do I hold myself when the worst case scenario happens, when I've been imagining the worst case scenario forever, when my nightmare actually comes to my real life. You know, I think it's really important to start with what I just shared, that being gentle with ourselves. And I mention that a lot on this podcast because it's only when we begin that intentional practice of being gentle with ourselves that we realize how harsh we usually are, how difficult, how unforgiving we are with ourselves. You know, in these situations when something either traumatic or embarrassing happens, it can feel so extreme. We failed publicly, even if no one else is paying attention to us, even if it's just us obsessing over ourselves, we've failed publicly and something extreme has happened. So we have this compulsion to almost be extreme back and punish ourselves and berate ourselves. So on this podcast, I usually mention being gentle as a method of not overlooking what has happened, but in bringing ourselves back to center and bringing ourselves back into balance and right relationship with ourselves. No amount of punishing, harsh, degrading self-talk will bring us to a place of accepting our own humanity. But I know that gentleness will, even if it's almost more uncomfortable than punishing ourselves. And I like the idea of imagining being willing to hold ourselves the way that we would hold and care for someone we love. If someone we loved was going through the same situation, how would we meet them? How would we approach them? How would we talk to them? And I think that there are often a lot of misconceptions associated with this idea because we can almost imagine having to be completely in love with ourselves in our worst moment and how impossible that is. And that speaks to what I just mentioned a minute ago, that going to extremes and that setting ourselves up for failure. So how about instead of going to extremes and instead of saying, I have to be completely in love with myself in a moment of failure when I've lost everything I've worked for, or the person I want to be with, or the life I wanted to have, how about we start 
with tolerance, simply tolerance born out of acceptance and love. And we don't have to romanticize any situation we're in. We don't have to force ourselves to be grateful for it or see the silver lining. We can just be tolerant. And it's something to think about, to really reflect on how do I navigate these situations when I've lost everything? How do I treat myself and what could I do differently? How would I move through it differently if I approached myself with tolerance? The next area I want to look at is detaching from the stories that we are told about our worthiness and how and why things happen. So I'm pretty sure that we've all heard that phrase, good things happen to good people, or everything happens for a reason. And I, for one, would like to say that catchphrases like that are so damaging (laughs) because one, they're pretty unrealistic, two, they actually don't help anyone, and three, they only serve to create distance between the person who says it to us and the person, us, who is navigating a hardship. People say things like that out loud and they say them to themselves to declare some elevated virtue that has insulated them from the fairness and reality of life, which is that sometimes bad things happen. They just do. And we don't know why, and we don't know what to do about it, and we don't know what we did to deserve it, and we don't know how to figure it out and just go on living. And so when we detach from those stories and we interrupt that and we say, you know what, I actually don't believe that. I think reality happens to all people instead of good things happen to good people. And as difficult as it may seem in the moment, it's an opportunity for reassessing what's important to you, what matters most to you, who and what you want to be in the world. And you can take a look and see, am I getting my validation from something very much outside of myself? Am I placing all of my validation on someone else? Am I making them my higher power? And if they don't agree with me, if they don't think I'm the best, then I must not be worthy. Or are you creating a life where you are showing up for the people who depend on you, the people who love you, the people in your community? Are you gaining self-esteem through daily esteemable acts? Or are you waiting for some one big aha moment? And if that doesn't work out, then it's all worthless. So it's something to think about and say, how have I been setting myself up for this? And what can I do differently? How can I reshape the structure of my life to work with me, to work for me, so that it's not hanging in the balance of someone else's bad mood or decision? Because when we live like that, we're always one second away from failure. And I think that this is an opportunity when we reassess like this to separate ourselves from our accomplishments or failures. And that can sound like I have failed versus I am a failure. So in some of the earlier episodes on this podcast where I specifically spoke about adult children of alcoholics, addicts, and dysfunctional families, that's something that a lot of us have playing in our minds all the time. The car breaks down, well, I'm a failure. I get sick, I am a failure. I don't belong here, I don't deserve to be here. You know, something goes wrong at work, just something that could happen to any of us, and I am worthless. 
the relationship ends, you know, that's what happens. We date people. We don't marry everyone we date. Something goes wrong and we instantly feel like we are worthless. And so that ability to put some space between our accomplishments and failures, that allows for some grace to move in. That allows for like an exhale, some breath, some movement. And I always like to use the phrase, you know, wearing it all like a loose garment and actually taking a moment to picture what that feels like instead of being in these like tight garments, a loose garment, you know, the air can move through you and you're not restricted and you have some freedom from the bondage of self, from the story we tell ourselves, from the way we need to look, from the mask we need to wear, from the impression that we need to leave on other people that freedom, that looseness, that breath, that energy, all of that freedom from the stories we tell ourselves. You know, if we can put some distance between what has happened and who we believe we are, we invite something else to come in. You know, we invite inspiration. We invite awe. We invite alternative options. But if I'm going to collapse, if everything doesn't happen the exact way that I need it to happen, life is going to be pretty harsh. There's this proverb that I love, and I don't have the specific title, but the title that I have it saved under my phone is, maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. And it goes something like this. A farmer and his son had a beloved stallion who helped the family earn a living. One day the horse ran away, and their neighbors said, Your horse ran away, what terrible luck. The farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. A few days later the horse returned home, leading a few wild mares back to the farm as well. And the neighbors shouted, Your horse has returned and brought several horses home with him, what great luck. And the farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. Later that week, the farmer's son was trying to break one of the mares, and she threw him to the ground, breaking his leg. And the villagers cried, Your son broke his leg. What terrible luck. And the farmer replied, Maybe so, maybe not. We'll see. A few weeks later, soldiers from the National Army marched through the town, recruiting all the able-bodied boys for the army. They did not take the farmer's son. He was still recovering from his injury. Friends shouted, your boy is spared, what tremendous luck, to which the farmer replied, maybe so, maybe not, we'll see. And I love that little story because it's so layered. There are so many messages in there. One is just the power that comes with releasing our story of what is happening to us. And also the power of not listening to everyone around us and taking their opinion or their perception as fact and just saying, I don't know, I'm in it, we'll see what happens. And nothing has to be good, doesn't have to be bad, it can just be what is. And I hope that if you found this podcast episode today that it landed absolutely perfectly for you. I know that I have been navigating failure in certain areas of my own life and My own story of imposter syndrome is loud and raging, and really releasing myself from those stories has been incredibly helpful. Making some room in my own life for grace and for inspiration and miracles, and maybe just kindness, 
has actually helped a lot. And just that image of wearing it all like a loose garment, not being attached to the outcome, showing up, saying, maybe so, who knows? I have no idea how it's going to turn out. I'm just here putting one foot in front of the other. And I also want you to know that you're not alone because very often when we find ourselves in these situations, it feels like we're the only one going through it. We are the only one who has ever gone through it and that no one around us can relate. So if I can bring a little relatability to your situation, I want you to know that a lot of people go through this. You are not alone and whatever you're going through right now is creating a foundation for something much bigger, much better, much more authentic in your life. And until next time, make sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast listening platform. Take a moment to rate and review this podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider making a one-time or a monthly donation to support this podcast by clicking the link in my Instagram bio or scrolling down to the notes section of this episode.